Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Welcome to the show. So go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi everyone, my name is Afwa Osei. I am an entrepreneur and a global growth coach. I love helping entrepreneurs create with impact, think beyond their borders, and build global brands. I am originally from the Washington, D.C. area. My family is from Ghana, and I spent the past seven years living and working across West Africa. So shout out to all of the third culture kids who feel like every single day they're trying their best to just fit in and blend in with everyone else. In my day job, I run a startup, which has been going on since 2014. And I love building and growing this global community of young professional women. And then in my free time, you can find me misbehaving on Instagram at HelloAfla. And that basically is my life. Okay, misbehaving. I like it. You got to have fun while you are young and while you're old, whenever. But I love that you mentioned the third culture kid piece. Um, What's funny is that, you know, I think until probably a few years back, uh, I didn't realize like that was my experience or that anyone else had had that experience. And then me and my cousin, she's around my age, started talking more and more about, you know, growing up and what that was like. And we're like, hey, you had the you too? Like what? And then more information started coming out. And at this point, what is really interesting is that oftentimes that's the first thing that I will connect with somebody on or they'll connect with me on is because of that. So I love that you mention it and that you have been, you know, working all over the West Coast of Africa. Can't wait to go back. Hopefully as soon as possible is the goal. But what kind of led you to the work that you do now? Like, how did you get into the place where now you're helping to build global brands? Well, I promise you that if anyone would have asked me this 10 years ago, I would have punched them in the face because this was definitely not on brand or the plan at all for me. And what I saw, like the blessing of that is that all of these experiences kind of lead you to this place. And you're like, wow, I absolutely am prepared for this. I know how to do this. And I didn't plan for it at all. I have always had a passion for community work. And I believe in the power of organizing. I grew up outside of D.C., so politics and government work was something that was very close to me. A lot of people worked in government for the government in some way, shape, or form. And I thought that I was going to work in politics. That was the the plan, run for office at the age of 27, do all of that. I worked on campaigns after I finished college. I lived overseas as a Fulbright scholar in Malaysia, got into public policy school, and I was doing that. And I realized that there were a lot of fine guys in business suits at the business school. And I said, you know what? I need to go figure out what they're doing. I'm joking when I say that, but you know, I it was a great advertising advertising campaign. Nice perk, some eye candy. Absolutely, all the fine boys in suits. But what I saw is that what actually happened is I had a couple of classmates who were in the business school program as well, along with public policy. And I really liked the way that they solved problems. 
I really liked the way that they analyzed situations. I liked the way that they thought about solutions in a creative way. And I really liked the way that they were structured. And there were two things that really struck out to me. One, they were joint degree students at the business school. And two, they actually had a consulting background. And I said that I want to be smart like them. You know, I'm smart, but I think that one of the most important things is learning how to continue to add to your skill set, learning new things and identifying when somebody is doing something well that you want to learn how to do, figuring out how to do that. And that's what really put business school on the radar for me. And when I went to business school, it opened up my eyes to the possibilities of so many other types of career paths, so many other ways that you can create impact in your community and in society and for your culture. And so what essentially happened is I think that I'm doing very similar work to what I was doing before. I just now have a chance to do it from an economic and a finance and a community building way from the business side and separate from the politics side. But it really was just an evolution of saying, hey, where are people doing interesting things? What are they doing that I believe that I can also add value? And how can I make sure that I'm still having fun in the work that I'm doing? And every single new career option, whether it was taking a summer internship in Lagos to being a consultant at McKinsey to starting up, I just said, you know, where's the next place where I can learn really cool things, I can be of impact, and I can have fun. And so that's how I found myself starting a business in Lagos, Nigeria. Wow. So, you know, you said, where's the next place I can learn? That's significant. I wrote that down personally because I talk about this pretty often about how we have to master duality in knowing when to learn and knowing when to lead. And we have to be able to do both if we want to continually level up and evolve, you know? And I think that what happens is that people feel like at some point that they should know it all. And everyone gets stuck thinking like, oh, well, I have to be an an expert in order to um, you know, get a promotion or get a job or, you know, be successful in my relationships when really what a lot of you're saying, what you're saying is that it's really important to continue to learn, essentially. Absolutely. And what I think is so important is that you continue to seek out people that know more than you. And I think what happens as we get a bit older is that ego comes in the way. Ego keeps us from admitting we don't know how to do something. Ego keeps us from reaching out to people who are doing better than us in our field because we feel as if we should be there or we feel as if uh, maybe they don't really have that much to teach us. But I think that that can keep you from that next level. That can keep you from a very useful and positive relationship. And it can keep you stuck and not getting access to move forward. And so I always say that I need to continue to learn from people who are younger than me, who are older than me, who are my peers, because every time you want to get to a a new level, it will require more of you. And there's no way you're going to have that all in yourself. There's no way you're going to know how to do that because you've never been in that space before. So you need to be proactive about looking for those opportunities. And I'm the first one to admit it's hard especially running a business, especially trying to grow and scale, you can be so consumed with the here and the now, with what do I need to accomplish today, with all of the different fires that you need to put out. But I definitely recommend and encourage you to get into the habit of carving out time, of setting aside time to make sure that I need to invest in myself. I need to continue to build myself because the company 
or whatever organization you're leading can only grow as far as you have. And you don't want to be a roadblock to the success of your organization or to your team. Wow. You said your company can only grow as as far as you have. And it sounds like I talk a lot about personal growth. It sounds like your your business or your relationships or, you know, any aspect of your life is only going to expand as much as you are willing to is what it sounds like. And when we put a stop or create our own roadblock in saying that we need to know it all, um, we're essentially getting in our own way. And forcing ourselves to to run circles instead of staying open to continuing to learn, whether it's from our partner, whether it's from, you know, a family member or a mentor or a mentee, you know. Um, and so it, it, it makes sense that if you're able to stay open to learn and be able to take whatever that looks like, because not all the lessons are going to be fun and in a nice little bow. Right. We might hear stuff we don't like or that we need to change that um, I can really position you to be successful, like in any realm in your life. I agree. And it's hard. It definitely is hard. So I don't negate that fact. Um, But there comes a level of self-awareness that you need to have to say that I want to move forward. So this is what it takes in order for me to move forward. You mentioned ego and, you know, being able to learn from people that maybe we don't, since we don't have all the answers, how can we tap into people that do? When in that process for you, because it sounds pretty simple, right, in theory, but I'm sure that in practice, it can be challenging. Or for maybe for some people, it's scary to ask for help. I think a lot of people have trouble with that. Is that something that you've come across or seen other people deal with? And how have you or other people handled it that you know of to, to not let it be something that continues to get in their way? Honestly, I don't even know if I have an answer because (laughs) that is so difficult. I can speak to my own experience in that one of the things that I wish I spent more time on when I still worked in corporate was building my personal management skills and figuring out what type of leader I wanted to be. I think that there are so many examples out there of bad leadership and there's so little coaching and development about good leadership and finding it in your own style, right? We we can see what a bunch of older CEOs look like, but what does it look like for you to be a leader as a young Black woman in an organization? What does it look like for you to be a leader when you're managing people who are your same age? What does it look like for you to be a leader when you're going out into spaces and having to really pitch your business and it's something new and nobody's interested, you know, just really thinking about what does that look like in an authentic version of who you are. And I didn't know how to do that at first. So what that means is that I was very mean. And if you, and if anybody tells you that I'm a mean person, you know, there's a bit of truth in that. That's who I used to be. I didn't know how to communicate with others. I didn't know how to deliver feedback in a helpful and a constructive manner. As I said, I thought that, okay, in order to be a leader, it just means that you tell people what to do and that's that. And what happened is that I got a couple of rounds of feedback where I was like, okay, this is not sustainable. And I I think at first, sometimes we hear things and we don't want to believe it. But then you get to a point where you're like, okay, it's either this thing has to go, this issue that I'm dealing with, this lack of knowledge, this roadblock that I've created for myself, or I need to accept that this is going to be dysfunctional 
in my organization, in my team, and I'm the reason why it's going to fail. And so based with that choice, with that type of juxtaposition, I had to decide and say, yo, I'm not going to be the one that holds this thing back. I'm not going to be the one that has people unhappy working here, and I'm not going to be the reason why people don't want to support our work. So I had to really, really, really figure out, like, what is this? What does this mean? Why am I engaging like this? And how can I find better models? And I also had to recognize that it doesn't, you're not going to go from zero to 100 in one day. It's something that I'm mindful of on a consistent kind of basis. But I think the first thing is to recognize what the issue is. Secondly, is to get feedback from others and get their honest opinion. And then thirdly, is to figure out what your action plan looks like for yourself. There's no way, you know, if you wanted to lose weight and get healthy, you wouldn't be able to drop all those pounds in in a day. And I think we also have to give ourselves grace and say, you know, if I'm trying to make a very significant change in terms of how I'm approaching things, either how open I am to learning from others, how am I putting myself out there for new opportunities, how am I managing the jealousy that may come when I see other people moving beyond me. You also have to recognize that it's going to be a process and you need to just check in to say, am I better than I was the day before? And am I moving closer to that goal that I want to be at? So that's how I approached it. And that's how I dealt with it. But I wholly recognize that it's very challenging and it's something that takes time and effort. But I found that when I give myself personal development goals that I want to improve upon, I realize that I'm not doing it for other people. I'm doing it for myself. And as I do this for myself, it just reminds me that I can continue to improve. I can continue to grow. I can continue to evolve. And I get excited thinking about the version of me that's going to exist in 6 to 12 to 18 months in the future. I love that. There are a couple of things that really stood out that I want to hit on. And and one of them reminds me of the saying that I used to have up in my office. I have this little board behind my chair so I can communicate like subliminal lessons, subliminal messages to my clients while we're talking. And it used to say comparison is the thief of joy. And you mentioned, right, you're not going to go from zero to 100 real quick. Right. And I think what happens, at least what I hear oftentimes, is that people are comparing themselves to someone who is far ahead of them in time, in hours, in education, in, you know, all these areas, not necessarily that they're better than them, but that they have maybe invested more into whatever that thing is to be in the place and thinking, why am I not there? Why am I not having that experience? Or what's, you know, what is it about me that this isn't happening? as opposed to focusing on their own journey and going within and ties to the next thing that you said, which was really important was don't just get feedback, but apply it. And you were receiving feedback and you said after a couple of rounds, then you had to take a look at things. You had to take a look and see, okay, who is this feedback coming from? Are these trusted sources? Should I, you know, give it a shot and then make an adjustment and see what happens? Because essentially you could try and make an adjustment. And if you don't like it, you can always go back to doing whatever you were doing before. But what it sounds like is that it's not enough to just get the feedback. You have to then also put it to the test and see what happens and do the experiment. Absolutely. And it's that... It's that progress that really actually makes a difference. It's that giving yourself the grace, but then also saying that I'm going to 
um, I'm going to take time. I'm going to take time to work on it. I'm going to move it along. And by also doing that tracking, it also gives you hopefully some encouragement when you look back to be like, wow, a month ago, I would have responded by, you know, using all caps and calling people out and doing all these kind of things. But now my response has changed. If it's about work progress, you might say, you know what? Before I was getting deals worth $100. Now I'm getting deals worth $500. But you do have to stop and first analyze where you're starting from and check in with yourself on a consistent basis and be able to see this is the progress that I've made. This is how I've been able to move forward. Yeah, there's something I'm trying to pinpoint what I had seen, but it it was pretty much attending to what you just said is that it is a process and there is no microwave way of, you know, having satisfying relationships or having a successful business in the long run, not just an overnight, you know, um, microwave type of situation. You have to give it time to cook and marinate and, you know, for the flavor to sink in, in all areas of your life for it to really be and come out the way that you would actually want it to. And what it sounds like is, you know, the balance between giving yourself grace, which you mentioned, but also holding yourself accountable, maybe is difficult to figure out. So I feel like maybe sometimes people, you know, in an effort to hold themselves accountable, will have these really restrictive or strenuous guidelines and goals that when they don't meet them, then they're going in on themselves and beating themselves up, which then gets in the way of progress at some point. And so how is it that you've hold yourself accountable, you know, make sure that you outline and you're checking in with yourself on your progress, but also give yourself grace in knowing that it's a growth process. Like a baby doesn't know how to walk and it has to keep trying in order to do so. But just because a baby gets up and falls down, we don't say, okay, the baby's a failure because they fell on their butt while they're trying to learn how to walk. And then that changes over time. You know what I mean? So for people that you know, or for yourself, um, in your process of learning yourself in this personal growth journey, what's been helpful for you to keep balance or harmony? Maybe that's a better word. Hmm, that's a good one. Is there harmony at all? I, do I have, <laughs> that's the first question is like, is there even harmony? I have gotten much better, right? And I'm also in year seven of this as opposed to year one. So I have a bit better perspective. What I will say about um, what I will say about harmony is that I've started to realize that it doesn't actually matter. Like the things that we first think are going to be so ridiculous and they're so important, and et cetera, et cetera, they actually don't really matter. They like it's not, it's not that serious. It's not. If I want to take a nap, I'm gonna take a nap. Like if I don't want to respond to someone's email, I'm not gonna respond. I think that the beauty of perspective is that it lets you know that, you know, hopefully tomorrow will come. Tomorrow will be another day and you can you can just move on. And that's I think that's it. Like work used to be the end all be all. It used to be, you know, working until eleven o'clock at night, twelve AM, getting back up, doing it again at seven o'clock. No exercise, no life, no hanging out. And I just got to a point in being like, for what? Like, for what? Absolutely, I love my work. I love what we're building. But I want a life also. 
And it was that realization of me saying that, hey, I want a life. Not because anybody is pressuring me as a young woman saying this is what I need to do by this age. And not because I'm seeing other people doing it. It was me coming to the realization saying, you know, I want a different kind of life. So what do I need to do to make sure that that happens? I need to prioritize going to the gym. I want to prioritize having the kind of food that I like. I need to prioritize these things. And it was me deciding that I wanted something different, that I wanted my day-to-day life to look different, and then putting some resources behind it, you know, putting some money behind it and carving out the time for it. And once I made that decision, I felt much better in harmony. And I feel so much better now because I'm like, you know what? I want to go on a holiday. I ain't no public holiday coming up, but I want to go on a holiday just because I want to. And it's because my life, it's my life. And I want to live this life. I don't want to just be working in this life. I don't want to just be running from day to day. I want to live. I want to be. I want to feel. I want to enjoy. Like I want to live this life. And and that's how I got closer to harmony was just being like, yo, it's not even worth it. Yeah. You know, you mentioning that makes me think about how maybe sometimes we will place our contentment or our happiness or our success at a distance and say, you know, I will feel this when I get there. But what it sounds like is that it's really important to, in whatever way is possible, find small opportunities throughout the day, throughout the week, on a regular basis to give yourself a taste of that now. And in understanding that like the moment or this day and this time right now is all you actually have. So how can you best use it to serve you? And what it sounds like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that in your transition of recognizing, you know, I want to live my life in a specific way, that it's actually made what you do more sustainable, like it's made your relationships more sustainable, it's made your work more fulfilling, um, because of your ability to kind of fill your cup back up. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. I think it was the, I think a couple of things happened to me that I kind of saw is that one, I saw my peers, like, my peers just absolutely looking a mess. And I don't mean to be a hater. And I hope they don't listen to this. But you know, some people, you see them and you're like, I know how old you are, but you're looking real haggard. Like you're not looking fresh. And and I just was like, is this what will happen to me? Like, is this the result of all of this work and all this stress? Like, is this what will happen? I think that was one of it. That was one thing. I think secondly, I had to think about family and the fact that, you know, I lived very far away from my family. I missed a lot of family activities. I missed a lot of milestones. And I just wanted to be like, well, you know, if anything were to happen, like, I don't want to be the the one, that auntie that missed out on everything. You know, we see it in the movies, like, oh, that auntie that never comes around and that auntie that's bougie. I'm like, I like the bougie part. But I didn't want to be the the auntie that, you know, is never around and isn't really engaged. And I just said, lastly, like, I just, while I love the work, it's supposed to be a means to an end. And the end for me is a life that I enjoy living. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I just, I'm like, I didn't want to wait to enjoy. And that was really it. Because you don't know what might happen. The business might flop. 
The business might fail. It may not work out. You could go through all of this. And um, and I think it's great to obviously be all in and be optimistic. But I also just think that having that external perspective to be like, you know what? It's okay. It's okay to to look at it a different kind of way and to have different kind of priorities. So that's kind of like what got me to be like, you know, I need to fill my cup back up because I'm what I'm seeing around me doesn't look like what I want for my future. And so I need to change course now before I'm stuck in something too long down the line and I don't want to be there. And what I realized is that it was really simple for me. It wasn't going to be a lot. It was going to be, you know, closing my laptop at a certain time, making sure I was waking up and going to the gym, trying out and testing out new recipes, like very simple, normal things. But I think that sometimes when you're in the culture of work hard, grind and hustle and all that kind of stuff, that you believe that, oh, no, no, my life should not be normal. I want to live an exceptional life. And I think that living an exceptional life isn't based on just how you spend your hours. It's also based on your priorities and the way that you choose to impact others. And I just said, you know, I can probably do more with the skills and the talents I have if I feel better, if I'm a better person. And so what do I need to do to be a better person to enable me to have a greater impact? I love that. It makes me think of, you know, this this year and maybe some of what it has taught us while it has been quite I don't even know if there's a word to describe it. <laughs> Hopefully, I, I don't think that word exists yet. <laughs> there's going to be a new one in 2021. But I think that if nothing else, a lot of people have come to the realization that there are very few things that like actually matter, you know, like yeah. the few things that actually matter that really make a difference are like our health and our closest relationships. And if those things are, you know, as as best as possible in a in a good place, we can manage a lot of the other things. You know what I mean? A business can be rebuilt. But I think that when one or two or both of those things are compromised or there's a struggle within those, that it's much harder to deal with outside things occurring. And so what it sounds like is you know, in your process of killing it, right? Like in your professional career and still killing it now is that you could have the boundaries with work that you could focus on the things that really matter to you because everybody has their own cocktail of of what means most to them and still kill it in whatever realm you want to. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's, and I hope that amongst or amidst all of the, sadness and the tragedy from the year that people do take a step back and they're like, maybe I can change the way I live. I can change the way I show up. I can change the way that I engage because if an entire year can be put on hold, if all the things that we thought were true aren't true anymore, then maybe I don't need to go back to that way that I was living before. I can give myself the freedom to try something different or I can demand of that freedom from those around me who are keeping me in this place that I don't want to be there anymore. And so I hope to see more people just be more thoughtful about how do I want to live my life? I don't need to follow this process of I go to school, I get a job, I work really hard, I save for retirement. Maybe there's another way. There's another way and system that works for me based on who I am, my values, and how I want to show up in the world. 
Thank you so much for sharing that. As we wrap up here, and before I have you share where people can stay connected with you, what is one thing that you would want to leave with like a young creative person just trying to figure out, you know, where they're at or what they want to do with themselves um, in order to live a more fulfilling life? What I will say is that you have to be really thoughtful about designing the life that you want to live. I have seen that so many people get caught up in other people's definitions and other people's designs. And just because you're creative, and I know sometimes creatives would be like, no, I'm different than those people. I'm in my own world. You know, I'm coming up with these new ideas. Okay, cool. That is absolutely possible. But the forces around us, you know, I sound like a conspiracy person, but, you know, culture and society is really powerful. And there are, there's images that are around, there's ideas, there's structures that have us thinking that this is the way that things always need to be. And as a creative, the best way that you can show up in the world is to be a challenger, to challenge why are things acting like this, to challenge why things are happening like this, and to show up in spaces to, to show people that this is how things can be, the potential, the possibility, the newness, right? That is, I think, one of the greatest ways that creatives can show up in every single field, every single field that there's a space for a creative to really just say, you know what, let me think about this differently. I think secondly, what I would share is, I think it's so important to have some critical skills. This is the boring side of me coming through. I think it's so important to be good at a couple of things. I We talk a lot about like multi-hyphenates and multi-potentialites and all those hyphenated words. And people have a lot of things that they are passionate about, which I think is fantastic. But I've seen that when you become excellent at something and you really invest in building a skill, that's when people trust you to deliver. And for me, the the skill that I think people know me for has absolutely nothing to do with what I studied. I studied political science and black studies in undergrad. I have a master's in public policy, a master's in business. I studied international management at the London School of Economics. But people know me for being an excellent writer and storyteller. That's something that I can take to any single field, to any single company, to any single role, being able to communicate in a way that gets people excited, that gets people connected, that brings people in. That's a skill that's for me that I can always bank on. And so I think it's important for you as a young creative to just think about what are some skills that I can build on and invest in building that yourself and invest in being good and being well-known for that, in addition to all of the really fantastic creative ideas that you have going on as well. Those would be the two pieces of advice I would give. One more philosophical and the second one more practical. Well, y'all, if you ain't take notes by now, you're going to have to start again and, and and listen to the episode and take notes. You should have been already doing so. We know that we are all students and teachers here. But thank you so much for stopping by and sharing such, you know, uh, important and significant information in people's ability to have more influence over their life. I think people feel powerless oftentimes. And what it sounds like you're saying is we have the ability to get specific about designing our life and at least start to exercise influence within our life, even if it's just in one place and to begin with before it spreads. And so I would love for you to share where people can connect with you and stay up to date with what you're doing, because we want to make sure that the tribe is supporting you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me 
onto your platform and giving me the opportunity to share my story. I'm so grateful to be able to connect with you all, all on the internet. So if you're interested, you can find me on Instagram and all social media platforms at Hello, Afwa. I also am moderately interesting via email. So you can join my community on my website at afwaose.com, A-F-U-A-O-S-E-I.com. I provide coaching and advice on how um, entrepreneurs and creatives can build global partnerships and secure corporate sponsorship. So if you're interested in that, definitely feel free to send me a DM on Insta or send me an email on my website. I'd love to connect with you further. If you thank you so much for your presence, for you sharing your your knowledge, because you know you could just keep it to yourself, or you know being willing to uh, enlighten us with the things that you've learned up to this point, and we'll make sure that everyone comes over and, and engages with your content. And I'm sure you're probably gonna get a DM from somebody because we've got a bold tribe. I say mm-hmm. you know that's with who you feel resonates with you. And so if you feel Afua is that person, then get connected, get on her email list, ask her questions, and um, make sure that you get plugged in. And yeah, again, nothing but gratitude and appreciation for you and what you're doing. Thank you so much. That's so kind. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the podcast, you have a few options. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it, and you'll be notified as new episodes are uploaded. You can also leave a review or send me your feedback. Doing so helps me to create content that's relevant to what you want to hear about. And last, you can share the podcast with a friend. Whether it's directly or sharing it on your social media, it helps them to know that you think that this is information that they need to hear about. Thank you.